Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point, a podcast by Zen Cargo. I'm Alex Hersham, CEO and co-founder of Zen Cargo, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my good friend Cranar, the CEO and founder of Tive. Tive is a visibility solution provider delivering critical shipment location and condition data by its real-time best-in-class sensors. Cranar and I are going to be speaking a lot about what is visibility, what does it mean, why now versus 10 years ago. But I want to start and jump right in, Cranar, if you don't mind, to a bit about your personal story, because you're one of the entrepreneurs that really inspired me with, with your story and your journey. Um, and I'd, I'd love for the audience just to hear a little bit about that and hear what motivates you, somebody that's been through so much and created so much success. What motivates you still today? Awesome, Alex. Really excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I love your story too, by the way. Yeah, very inspirational. And uh, would love to talk more about that sometime too. Uh, my story is pretty... I'm originally from Kosovo. Uh, I grew up there. Uh, it's, it's, I, most people know Kosovo has kind of been through war back in 98, 99. Uh, 99 was quite a difficult time. But I came to US when I was 17 in 2001 and went to last year in high school here, senior in high school, uh, went to Northfield High School up in Vermont. And then I went to college up there, college called Norwich University, which is a private military college. I was a civilian, which is really interesting experience for me, going and studied computer engineering and mathematics. And uh, then I went to Tufts University here in Boston for my master's in electrical engineering. But throughout that journey, I also worked for multiple startups as during my junior year, senior year, and one of them was called Bitwave Semiconductor, which we built world's first software-defined radio that goes on a chip that goes on a smartphone. So it was a single chip that would do 2G, 3G, 4G, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, all in a single uh, configurable chip. And I learned a lot about our radio frequencies. I learned a lot about wireless communications. I kind of fell in love with the wireless world. I mean, if you think of your computer, most likely right now it's in Wi-Fi. My computer is in Wi-Fi. <laughs> and we're having this call. And there's no wires. It's just beautiful. It's magic. It's abstract. And that thing to understand how that thing works come kind of this abstraction and turning into bits and bytes so we can see each other was quite mesmerizing for me. And I fell in love with wireless technology. We talk a lot about product market fit, but you really have found a market <laughs> fit. So, so maybe go from there to where you are today. What, what, what encouraged you to start Tive? Yeah, um, you're right about the product market fit and founder market fit. It's, but it's a little counterintuitive, right? Because you would think supply chain logistics, I would have to grown up in supply chain logistics industry, but I did not. But what, how I stumbled upon it is, is again through family, which is kind of funny because I got married and my wife's father is in trucking business and uh, they live in Worcester, Massachusetts. Every time I would go to his house, to eat dinner with my father-in-law, he would be on the phone trying to figure out where his truck drivers are. He's in trucking business. And my background in wireless technology and understanding how GPS works, understanding how cellular connectivity works, this was back in 2015. I said, you know what? Why don't I make a GPS tracker and put in your trucks just for fun? So you can see exactly where your trucks are and you don't have to call the drivers all the time when they're not picking up the phone and they're busy or they, you don't know where they are. So I started doing that, just literally going to the truck yard in, this isn't specifically in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, and my father-in-law lives in Worcester, just a, a town over. And I will go to the truck yard, which is this Flynn trucks. I'm sure a lot of drivers who drove by there, they know the Flint, Flynn yard. And I would go there, go to the inside of a truck, put the GPS tracker, and then 
watch it overnight, see if it's working. Sometimes it wouldn't, I would have to go back again and test it. And then my father-in-law built a little application for him so he could see where the truck drivers are. And that's how I got into this business. His industry, meaning supply chain logistics, I didn't know much about, but my background in wireless kind of meshed them together and started seeing that people want to know where their trucks are. But one thing I noticed, one of the truck drivers, Tony, he showed me this temperature monitor that was on top of pallets. And I asked him, how does this thing, he was moving lobster, fish, uh, seafood quite a bit, of course, here in Northeast and New England, as you can imagine. And I would ask him, how does this temperature recorder work? He would say, well, at the end of the shipment, somebody takes a look at it and sees if the temperature was okay. I'm like, at the end of the shipment, that's, that's too late. That's kind of crazy. Why don't I make this GPS tracker and put a temperature sensor that I have on trucks, pull it out. I would connect it into the CV radio and had plenty of power. I'm like, why don't I pull it out and make a little battery connected to the tracker and make it wireless with a battery and have real-time data all the time around not just location of the shipment, but also temperature and added humidity sensor accelerometer in there. And that's how the whole thing started. It's been, it's been amazing since then. Of course, there's a lot of ups and downs in a business, as you can imagine, and had to go through some rough times, but here we are today. Fantastic. I, I want to speak a lot about what the visibility solution really provides. I think this term real-time visibility is something that we've been hearing about in the ecosystem for quite a while. And yeah. I think some people, rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly, have the perception that, oh, isn't this the same thing that we've been doing for the past five to 10 years? Isn't it a bit of a commodity now? And I don't think that's the case at all. So just tell me how far we've come. What, what's the difference now versus, let's say, five years ago? And, 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 and where can this go? Yeah, one of the big differences, I think if you think of, which is Moore's Law, I think a lot of people know Moore's Law where every few years, like the, the technology shrinks in size and also the price of it and cost of it shrinks in, in cost too, usually uh, by half. And that has been happening in the last five, 10 years. And one of the areas that has happened, which hasn't happened five or 10 years ago that was, that was not there was around connectivity. So the cost of connectivity to be able to connect any device through cellular connectivity was very expensive back five, even 10 years ago, where you had to get a SIM card. There were so many different types of roaming agreements that you had to do with global uh, or different providers. There's almost 200 countries in the world, and each of them have two, three, four cellular providers. Let's just look at the United States. And trying to connect mm -hmm. to all of them, there's a lot of agreements that you need to make. And in the past, it would cost tens of dollars per megabyte. And now it's in cents, a uh, few cents, right? Per megabyte, depending on the country and location that you're in. And that connectivity cost going down, creating more of a global structure around uh, being able to connect. I think that the data cost has, has been a big difference in the last five years. The other thing that's happened is chips have shrunk in size. So back in the day, we would 10 years ago, even make things at 250 uh, nanometer or a quarter micron per one transistor. Because <laughs> if you look at a chip, it's full of transistors. That's what it's all about. And these transistors now are down to 10 nanometers, nine nanometers. So you can squeeze more and more and more transistors inside of a single chip. And the cost of that silicon has gone also down. So the cost, shrinkage, and technology on accelerometers, back then there was quite a bit of mechanical ways to measure motion and shock and things like that. But now we've been able to shrink them. We're using this technology called MEMS, 
which is uh, electro micro electromechanical systems where you can have different levers and pulleys just designed on a silicon so you can detect acceleration and things of that nature. So that, those chips have shrunk too. The wireless connectivity, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, they've become very cost effective and those radios are really tiny now. To be able to squeeze all that in in a very cost effective way has been the, the big driver these days. 10 years ago, if I had more concretely, if you made a GPS tracker, it would cost $200 maybe, and you would have to pay $20, $30, $40 a month, $50 a month to keep it, keep it alive. And these days are much different. Um, we're, we can get a GPS tracker that's even single use. You don't have to return it at a cost of $50 for a customer, depending on which one they're buying. And that's very cost effective. If you think of shipping of containers that are $100,000, $300,000 worth of goods in there, costs $10,000 to move a container, 40, 50 bucks is, is not a lot. No, agreed. Agreed. And I think you're leading us to the well a little bit in terms of what this can do. So I hear you on real time. I hear you on temperature. I hear you probably on the sort of strength and integrity of the equipment that's being moved, the speed, everything else. Talk to me more about the, the outcomes that you drive, because I'm sure when you go and speak to a supply chain team, you don't just sort of mm -hmm. talk technical and say, this is what yeah. it can do and this is how you can <laughs> use it. But, but, but you speak very much like, like I think we all do in supply chain about, you know, what, what's the so what? You know, so in, you know, in, in your case, how real, how visible, what, you know, what can we really do with this? So talk to me, not, not about the, okay, we're tracking a, you know, very obvious pharmaceutical cargo where, where I think that, that use case makes clear sense. But in, in, slightly, in slightly more dynamic supply chains, give us some examples that maybe wouldn't immediately come to our mind of the use cases and the value that it can drive. I think one use case, if I think, speak in general, in order to get insights around what's happening with your entire supply chain, you really need 100% visibility of what's happening with your shipments. And in order to get 100% visibility today, it's quite difficult. Uh, especially if you if you're relying on lots of different types of data around where the shipments are, and using trackers, one way it, it's it's quite easy, right? What you do is you put this on every single shipment, you track your own cargo, and you have 100% visibility of where your cargo is, independent of truck driver, independent of motor transportation, independent of geography. I think that's one I would say view or understanding that customers are starting to realize more and more that, hey, this is the best way that we can get visibility immediately throughout uh, our entire supply chain. And then this data can flow into other systems, right? Transportation management systems, other data that you that you provide. There's a lot of examples of how this is being utilized uh, today, other than pharmaceuticals. If you think of even at ports, with having real time, now you have this inside of a container and it's maybe telling you every two hours, every four hours, every six hours, every hour on where the shipment is. Now you know for, for a fact whether that container made it to the ship or didn't make it to the ship. Because you know if it's stuck at the port, you know the ship sailed away 10 miles, 20 miles, but you're still pinging at the port. <laughs> Something is, uh, something's off. That container definitely didn't make it on the... Didn't, didn't. And by the time you wait for the update from the shipping line, sometimes it can take Take, take a long time to know exactly what's happening. So once you know that, you can act immediately on it. The other area, other than pharma, of course, with temperature is quite a bit on food and perishables. If you think of strawberries, blueberries, asparagus, you name it, they're all temperature sensitive and they have to be shipped at 
32, 33, 34, 35 degrees Fahrenheit. If they go to 25 degrees Fahrenheit for one, two, three, four hours, that, that whole shipment's entirely spoiled. Or if it goes above 40, 50 degrees Fahrenheit for a few hours, that shipment's totally spoiled too. So being able to act immediately on it instead of looking at things after the fact, like that original device that I talked about where you look at things after the fact, being able to be proactive in real time and call the truck driver, I think that's been a, has been a huge help for a lot of our customers. The other one is outside of pharma, if you think of raw materials for auto parts, you're trying to be as much as, as just in time as you can. You don't want to have a huge warehouse next to you with 30 days worth of parts. <laughs> you want to be almost on a daily basis, parts coming into the factory. And if it's late, if, if you don't know where it is for those raw materials, I think that's a big issue. And having carrier shortage or truck driver shortage or not knowing which truck is going to pick up which load, having full control of visibility on your own, where you load up the truck with auto parts, you're the one who's putting the tracker on the top of the auto parts, you know exactly where those auto parts are, regardless of who the carrier, truck driver, trucking company is, then you have that full control of visibility. Now you know whether the parts are coming to your facility or parts are going to be late, and you can plan accordingly. Um, there's cases where People have decided to ship air when they realize things were not going to be on time, so they don't have to shut down a power, an actual plant. I well, you're hitting on all the key <laughs> points there. No, no, because you're, you're hitting on all the key points. The, the, you're hitting on, um, I, I expected you to talk a lot about, listen, you can be proactive. You know, the old saying in supply chains, if you tell me about a problem, I can deal with it. If I don't know about it, I can't. So you're, you're really hitting on that. You're one. hitting on the sort of real-time supply chain solutions and inventory management flows. So it's not just about escalation management, but it's also about inventory management. I didn't expect you to talk as much about that sort of strawberry and, and perishable example, um, where actually it leads a little bit back to sort of sustainability and waste, right? Because the, 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 the more you can reduce the yeah. amount of waste, not to use a double negative, the more sustainable that supply chain becomes. I, I love those examples. That, that's really, really interesting. Give, give us a, a vision into the future. Because, you know, you talk about Moore's Law, we're out, you know, Moore's Law doesn't stop. So we're at a certain point. And that means in five years time, we're going to be you know, significantly beyond this. What does it what does it look like in five years time? Is it is it just cost that improves? Or is it functionality that improves? Is it going to become embedded in, and, and in, in all supply chains? How do you see sort of 2027, 2030 in this ecosystem looking? If you look at 20 years ago, right? If the trucks that were being tracked, there was very few. Uh, Qualcomm came up with the technology many, many years ago around GPS tracking of trucks uh, using CDMA technology, which Verizon uses today. And that was some large fleet companies figured out where the trucks are. So they needed to know if the truck broke down and they had communication devices. But those are just a few hundred or maybe a few thousand trucks that were being tracked, not millions of them as they are tracked today. And as that cost of that connectivity and those GPS trackers went down, more and more and more trucks are being tracked. Like companies like Samsara, now Motive, which was used to be Keep Trucking, Fleetmatics, Verizon Connect. There are many that track those trucks. And what's going to happen, I think it's similar trajectory and a similar innovation is going to happen on the cargo side of things. We're one of the first few companies out there um, that is providing this type of technology instead of tracking the actual truck or the container, track the actual cargo. And that similar trend is going to happen on this side. 
and what excites me is yes, more is law and also connectivity and more cost is going to go down. We can pack more things to it and the battery life is going to be fine. We want to figure out a way how to two things. One, how to make it sustainable, right? If we throw lithium batteries on trash, if we throw it just, it, I don't think that's the right thing to do five, six, 10 years from now, right? Because you've got millions and millions of batteries. We'll figure out recycling and all of that. So that's why what we did a year ago, almost two years ago, we invented a non-lithium based tracker, a tracker that contains zero lithium content. And it's based on nickel metal hydrate, which is much, 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 much better for the environment uh, compared to lithium batteries. And there's innovations like that that are continue to happen. The other exciting part on top of that is the, the connectivity side of things. Today, in order to connect, to send data to the cloud, all the telematics devices, everything out there relies on cellular connectivity. And there's a few interesting things that are happening on satellite. I'm sure you saw the SpaceX and um, Star, what is it, Starlink, right? The one with, they did with T-Mobile trying to do connectivity. That, that's really fine for high bandwidth, big antenna <laughs> devices where you can actually see the sky. But maybe five years from now, Alex, maybe six, seven years from now, we'll be able to create antennas that are really small and can still see the sky and can still connect to the sky in a cost-effective way. We don't know, but that's something that could happen and that's something we're watching very closely. And the world will be more, it, it's inevitable, right? There's gonna be more connected. I just don't see it any other way. And I think it'll be so cost-effective, it'll be, it make total sense to put these devices on various packages and maybe even on a package level to understand where things are. Because how do you automate supply chains? How do you make supply chains more efficient? is by automating some of these pieces. We tried, I think Uber Freight, obviously, Convoy, they tried quite a bit and there's few lanes that work really well on an automated way and booking and carriers and uh, do things. However, to do that more on a global level where automation and booking and all the supply chains working flawlessly in that way, I think it needs to be, it needs to be more quote unquote visible. And in order to make that happen, we gotta, we gotta give the power to the actual cargo level. Yeah, and you're preaching to the converted here. I think what, what you're talking <laughs> about and, and the and the picture of the future that you're painting, where things at the cargo level can be tracked. Firstly, it's helpful because it, it, it removes pressure from other parts of the ecosystem. So simple things, well, that, that we think are simple, but they're less simple around airway bill tracking or container tracking. Uh, as an example, it removes pressure from that and it pulls it back down to the source. I always say it's in cargo. Sometimes we're building on the shoulders of giants because we need the sort of vertical slices of technology really to be elevated and you're driving that. But the things that you can do if you really understand at a cargo level what's happening, the way that you can plan and be agile on your supply chain, I mean, it's going to take the stuff that we're able to do with our customers and I think it's going to 10x it over time. That's why I'm so excited about our partnership. And I think more and more you're going to become a foundational layer. Everyone is going to have to be plugged into you. Your data is going to be key in terms of how decisions are made across industries and across supply chains. And again, it makes me very excited that we're partners here. So yes, you're painting you. a really interesting picture of the future and it is going to change a little bit the dynamic between freight forwarders their customers the manufacturers the underlying asset owners because now in a weird way every one of those is going to be sharing a similar level of information in real time feeding multiple systems and for me that's the future the future here is augmenting the capability of these great supply chain professionals to 
you know, elevate what they can do to power them with data and enable them to solve problems in real time. And I think Tive is going to be a, you know, a household name over time that, that many people in our industry use on a daily basis. Um, and so congratulations really on, on building something. And I'm very excited to see what the next five to seven years is going to come out of your business. Thank you. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with Zen Cargo too. And I'm very happy to partner with you, Alex. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. And listen, thank you. Thank you very much for joining and taking part today. And thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode of Freight to the Point. We really hope that you enjoyed it. Um, please don't forget to um, like or subscribe, follow Zen Cargo's LinkedIn page, follow Ty's LinkedIn page, and we look forward to seeing you all soon. Thank you all very much. And Karina, thank you again. Thank you so much. Really had fun. Thanks, Alex. Bye, everyone.